You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Have you ever said these words? Oh, I can't do that. that. That's not me. I'm too shy, too skinny, too fat, too ordinary, too whatever. I know I've said things like that. Now imagine the power and freedom I gained when I discovered that those limiting words were just part of a story. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I'm excited to announce that our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you, our listeners, a free download of one of your favorite audio books. You get to choose from 180,000 titles, and you also get a one-month free trial of Audible's entire service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.aud. IBLETrial.com forward slash story power. For your convenience, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, as well as the website ChangeYourStoryPodcast.com. Because the theme of the show is Change Your Story, Change Your Life, I've created a free gift for you, my listeners. It is an ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. You can download it immediately at www.changeyourstorypodcast.com. One of the most rewarding things in this podcast for me is my ongoing dialogue with you, my storytellers, my listeners. Let's continue that dialogue. Keep sending your comments about what you're getting from the show and what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read every message I receive and to choose some of them to share with you on the show. Today's guest is a man who became successful when he challenged his old stories and created new ones. He's the CEO and founder of Ajax Union, a digital marketing agency based in Brooklyn, New York. He's a public speaker, certified Google trainer, and published business author. He enjoys speaking and writing about a broad range of business topics in his seminars, webinars, and articles. He's also the host of a popular podcast called CEO Mojo and has been featured on popular podcasts including Hal Elrod and New Customer Machine. He's also the producer of GrowTime.tv. 
He's a member of the board of directors of the Entrepreneurs' Organization in Brooklyn, a group with over 11,000 CEOs and a contributing member of the Inc. Business Owners Council, a community of the fastest-growing companies in the United States. He's certainly proud of all these accomplishments, but most of all, he's proud of his successful foodie wife and beautiful, amazing kids. It's my great honor and pleasure to invite and welcome Joe Apfelbaum to the show. Joe, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you at Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm really excited to tell stories, the old stories, the new stories, and all the great inspirational stories that I've heard and I've made up <laughs> to be able to help me to get to where I am today. Well, I know one story that's not made up is that you're in Brooklyn right now in the middle of a snowstorm. Is that right? I'm actually in my house <laughs> and there's a <laughs> snowstorm going on outside. So I'm not quite in the middle of the snowstorm, but there is a, a blizzard. We're supposed to get 16 inches, um, but I'm fortunate enough to have heat. I'm fortunate enough to, that my family is safe and that my leadership team's in the basement working and I'm just going to go join them after this podcast. So I'm really excited about, about that, that story. <laughs> oh, wow. You, you've got a leadership team in your home. How many people? Three. So I had them come down from wherever they were to meet me at my house because I'm serving food and, you know, this way they don't have to travel all the way to the office and it's, it's just convenient. So now let me ask you, um, what section of Brooklyn do you live in? Crown Heights. Crown Heights. Uh, right now we're on a video call here. It's I can see you have a very, very beautiful place. Joe, Thank you. Where, where were you born, Joe? I was raised and grazed in Crooklyn, as they say. I was uh, brought up in brought up in Borough Park, and my I was raised as an Orthodox Jew in a, a traditional Orthodox setting where I went to yeshiva, which is a boys-only school, and we learned the Torah. And the path that my father wanted me to go on is to be a rabbi, and I actually successfully got the ordination to be a rabbi. But along the way, I discovered that my love for technology, my love for computers, my love for trying to poke at things and find a better way with my insatiable curiosity. So I decided to start doing websites and fixing computers. And it kind of drove me into this world of digital marketing, where I saw my ability to use my rabbinical skills of helping people, but help them be able to grow their business and their life as opposed to help them be able to connect with, you know, with God. But I, this is my, my way of, of contributing. Oh, yeah. You, and you absolutely are contributing. Now, uh, it's interesting. I didn't know that, that uh, your father wanted you to be a rabbi. What I want to know is why are all rabbis potential stand-up comics? The reason why all rabbis are potential stand-up comedy is because they get it. They get the joke <laughs> of life. They get that people are running and running and worrying and all that stuff. And you know what? At the end of the day, is you got to stop, you got to look, and you got to laugh. Because if you can have a good time, if you can't just enjoy life a little bit, what's this all worth anyway? I, I believe that God is a stand-up comic himself. And this whole, everything that he does, all the stories that he makes us think about and the programming that he gave us, it's all one big joke. <laughs> I agree, man. I totally agree. Let me ask you, uh, did you come from a large family? Um, I'm one of six and I have five children, thankfully. So yes, um, in some regards it's large, but I just went to a bris uh, circumcision um, 
this man, he has his ninth child and he's one of 13. So compared to him, I come from a small family, but, um, but yeah, so depends on well, what you're comparing small or big to. Well, compared to you, you come from a tribe because I'm an only child. So uh, <laughs> half now, the tribe. When, when you were growing up, who would you say influenced you the most? I would say my mother. I wasn't a big, avid follower of pop culture or a big, avid follower of any of this stuff. I was very into my imagination and my own world. And the person that was influenced me the most was my mother. I watched growing up as she opened up a store on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And she, she was basically selling clothing, ladies' boutique, you know, boutique clothing. And I would go every Sunday to go check out her store and see her hustle and hustle and hustle and try to make it. And for whatever reason which I didn't know back then and now I know, she couldn't figure out how to break the seven-figure mark. She didn't really have a goal. She, was, she had three self-limiting beliefs, three stories that she told herself that I found that many entrepreneurs also tell themselves these stories. Number one, it's all about luck. Number two is you can't trust anybody. And number three is if you change, you're going to break. So there are three different things that really held her back. And I saw her suffer for 10 years try to build up her business. And she built it to a very nice six-figure business and she made enough money to put us through yeshiva, to buy us clothing, to put us through private school, all that stuff. But the reality is she was never financially free. She couldn't get past the seven-figure mark. She couldn't get to it. And for whatever reason, when I got into business, I saw this and I learned from this. And I learned from her hustle and her hard work and her focus and everything that she had going on. But I challenged those stories and I was able to break the seven-figure mark in 18 months. Wow. That is exciting. Now, I'm just curious, what, uh, where was her store? Because I have often shopped on the Lower East Side, and I've gone to the, what's the, the area that's closed on Essex? Saturday? Oh, uh, so, so, so you mean the, the, the Orchard Street? Orchard Street, yeah. She was on Orchard and Delancey. She had three stores on the corner of Orchard. She started with one store in 95 Orchard, then she moved across the street, and she had 108, 106, 104. So that's, um, that's what she had going on. And, you know, she, she worked really, really hard. And I remember watching all the other vendors working hard. I remember seeing all the different activities. And, you know, Saturday and Sunday, that was the only place to shop. That was the place. Well, people still go there, right? I mean, on Sunday, it's a big deal, isn't it? People still go there. It's not as big of a deal as it was back in the days when, when there was the, the, the blue-collar law that all the, all the big department stores were closing on Sundays. Um, but, you know, but right now, it's, it's, it's not as popular as it used to be. There's a lot, of, a lot of yuppies moving in with tenement museums and a lot of bars and nightlife. So it's not the same as it used to be, but you still have those vendors that are still there. Yeah, I remember loving it very much. As a matter of fact, uh... I almost wore a shirt today that I, we bought there on Orchard Street on a Sunday when we went shopping. Um, what were the biggest personal obstacles to your success that you can remember? I would say one of the biggest personal obstacles to my success was my first, when we got married, we really wanted to have children, right? This is the reason we got married. And personally, I felt like the reason I wanted to be successful in life is so that I can provide for my children. And I found the perfect wife that I can trust, that is talented, that'd be a great mother. And we tried to have children. And in the first year, we were having a very difficult time. All our friends were getting pregnant, and we couldn't figure it out. After about a year, she finally got pregnant. We were really excited. Finally, we're starting a family. And at about eight and a half months, nine months into it, we had a stillbirth. A stillbirth. That's quite a blow. And for me, that was one of the most devastating 
things that ha happened to me. And every time I think about it, I choke up and I get very emotional. And at that point, I had several businesses that I closed down because of that incident. I said, life is not worth living. That's wow. essentially the story that I was telling myself because I can't have children, because God's taking this away from me. It's not worth growing a company. I'm worthless. What's the point? Whatever I'm trying to do, I can't accomplish. And why should I even be successful? Why should I even have a business if I can't have children? So I told myself these stories. And as a result, I became very depressed, started thinking about myself a lot. And I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't snap out of it. And it wasn't until I started helping other people and changing my story around that I was able to kind of get out of it and eventually be on the path to be able to build my own seven-figure business. I love that. But what I would love to know is, was there a defining moment that you can remember that started the turnaround? Because you said, well, when I started helping other people, but was there something that happened? Yeah. 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 Somebody came over to me and said, Joe, we need your help. And I said, what do you need from me? They're like, we just, we need your help. We have a place in Wall Street. We need you to come down and help us with our computer systems. And I said, listen, I'm not employable. You know, it's like, I know you're not employable, that you, you, you don't take jobs or whatever. Just come over and just see what we have to offer. So I said, okay, what do I have to lose? I'm going to go down to Wall Street. I'm going to meet with them. If not, I'll just get out of my... So I go down there and they started interviewing me in a very... You know, I wasn't there for really for a job. I was there just to see what's going on. But they started interviewing me and I said, listen, you don't understand something. I'm an entrepreneur. They're like, good. We don't care if you're an entrepreneur. We just sold a $100,000 program to a company in Minnesota. And we have no idea how to implement it. And if there's one person that can figure it out in 24 hours, it's you. So we need you to fly down there and just take the job and just go. And so I said, I, okay, I, maybe. I don't know. You really need my help. It seems like I need my help. I looked at the software and I saw that I could figure it out very quickly. So I asked my wife what to do. And she's like, go, leave, go, get out of the house. You've been moping around for a month. <laughs> so I went to Minnesota and not only did I learn the program that I educate everybody there, but I aced it and I helped them be able to significantly improve their systems and their operations of what they were doing in Minnesota. And when I flew back, I was motivated to help them be able to do more implementations and help them be able to do more of this document management technology that I kind of learned on the fly. So I was really proud of my accomplishment that I was able to learn something from scratch. I was, I was proud that I was able to help them. And I was proud that they wanted to give me a job knowing that I would run businesses on the side that I'm not the employable typical entrepreneur and they still accepted me for who I am. Wow. That is wonderful. I love that story. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that health is one of your top priorities. Health was not always one of my top priorities, but now health and vitality is one of my top priorities. And I remember I was sitting on the couch with my wife and this is after me building my business and I wasn't getting the satisfaction out of life that I wanted. I didn't know. I just wanted to make money. I was just out there to make money. I didn't, wasn't really very purpose-driven. I'm sitting on the couch watching my kids. Now, thankfully, I have five kids. Then I had three kids. And I'm videotaping the kids. And we're watching the video after. And I hear a loud heaving noise in the background. And I asked my wife, what's that noise? And she's like, that's you breathing. Mm. And I realized that I was completely out of health. And that even if I made all the money in the world, I would end up, not being healthy, not being able to run after my kids and enjoy them because of the lack of, 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 of attention that I was paying to my own, my own body. So I realized that I had to start paying more attention to it. And what happened was I weighed myself and I realized that I gained 80 pounds through over the past couple of years. I, I was just 265 pounds. I was extremely overweight. And I started 
to try to create awareness. So I asked my wife for help because she's great at diets and she's a foodie. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. You love eating food too much. I was like, oh, gee, that, that's very helpful. Because she saw me suffering over the years. Just, you know, I would literally go to an event and literally just stand at the buffet and just shove food down my throat. I mean, she, and she would complain to me about that. She's like, we're going to the event and you're standing by the food the whole time. What's wrong with you, you know? Anyway, so I called up my buddies and I said, guys, let's go out and let's talk about this issue. I need some support. So my buddies came. We went to a restaurant in Manhattan. We spoke about it. And after a few appetizers, some mains and a dessert, I realized it's not going to work because I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I, and then I, so I, I wanted to park my car when I came back. And I, I was like parking in Brooklyn right outside my house. But unfortunately, very hard to park in Brooklyn outside my house because it's very, very crowded. So I had to go drive a few blocks away. So first I waited for a while because I didn't want to walk because I'm very heavy. So I finally said, you know what? I'm not going to be here all night. I went, I parked a few blocks away. And I'm, as I'm walking back, I'm waiting to cross a very large street called Eastern Parkway. I pull out my phone and I look and I see my Facebook and I see that nobody ever comments on anything that I have on social media. So I said, let me post something and see if those friends on Facebook can actually help me. So I wrote, um, I will walk one minute per like. I'm trying to lose weight and I'm really desperate right now. Like this and I will do it. And I just closed my phone. I went to sleep that night. I woke up the next morning. I got 10 likes. Now, I'm the, I was the type of guy that never got any likes because I wasn't really contributing value to the world because I didn't think I had that much value to contribute on social media. So I, I, I got excited. I got some attention. You know, attention is my drug. I'm a marketer. I love attention. <laughs> and so I, I did it. I went for a 10 minute walk and I took a selfie of myself, I put it online, and, and then I realized I did it again, 20 people liked it. I did it again, 30 people liked it. I did it again, before you know it, I had 70 people liking, and I was going around the park, and I lost dozens of pounds by doing this, and then you know, I started researching to try to become more efficient at losing weight, because everything I do, I'm very curious about. I started researching about water intake, and about um, the nutrients I have in my body and the ideal type of exercise and how to have the most vitality and the most energy and alkalinizing my body. So I started making health my number one priority. And I not only lost 80 pounds, I not only am able to do 30 push-ups in 30 seconds, but I'm also be able to just keep up with my kids and have this aliveness that I can bring to other people and be, just be in the zone and, and stay motivated. Wow. Now, what I'm still not clear about, how did you lose that initial weight at the beginning? So you were by walking around? By, first of all, I started walking around. And when I started walking around, I realized every time I drank a Snapple, I used to drink six Snapples a day. When I drank a Snapple, I actually had less energy to walk around. So I started changing from Snapple to water. And then I started doing research into the, what sugar does to your body. So then I cut out flour and sugar and rice and potatoes. And before you know it, I started realizing that most of it was what I was eating. The exercise was just kind of like a bonus, but most of it was I was eating. And, and I realized that if I cut out flour, sugar, rice, potatoes, and pasta, the weight would just fall off. And, and most people don't want to do that because they're like, yeah, BS, I have bad genes, or BS, I have bad, big bones, or I have a slow thyroid, or my, my metabolism. Dude, if your metabolism is slow as hell, I don't care how slow your metabolism is, and you don't eat carbs, you're going to lose freaking weight. That's it. Simple as that. You're not, you're not an anomaly. You're not an alien. If you're going to shove a pie of pizza down your throat every day and you're going <laughs> to stuff yourself with muffins for breakfast and not have any water in your system, you're going to become fat like I was. And that's just math. It's like one plus one equals two. You can't defy gravity. You're going to fall if you jump. That's what's going to happen. If you eat carbs, you're going to get fat. Some people are going to get more fat. Some people are going to get less fat, depending on how high you jump. The more you eat, the more it happens depending on how your body processes carbs. 
But for the bottom line is, if you stop eating garbage, you're going to end up being losing some weight. And eventually, if you fine-tune your diet, it's mostly, your body is mostly made in the kitchen. A small percentage is done in every, you know, depending on what's going on. But you got to educate yourself. And most people are not educated about this. Most people are morbidly obese. They're eating garbage. They're drinking Coca-Cola. They're eating potato chips. They're drinking coffee with sugar and all types of Splenda and garbage. Did you know that sugar, whether it's artificial sugar or real sugar, has the same impact on your body? It has the same impact. It makes, it, it manufactures fat in your body. Your body's a machine. It's a pharmacy. And you can manufacture any hormone you want based on what you give it. Garbage in, garbage out. That's the concept. So if you're going to want to be healthy, drink enough water, get enough sleep, have enough vitamins, eat the right things, have fiber, and you will be healthy. And if not, you're just going to be unhealthy and have a lack of energy. I have tons of energy. I love how I feel right now, and it's because I put I put into my body coconut oil, eggs, um, a smoothie in the morning with spinach or kale, and a bunch of amazing things with added dietary fiber. Like just like great, just put great things in your body. You have ADD, take some calcium and magnesium. You don't have to take those pills. I mean, there are certain things that you have to do if you want to be able to manage yourself. If you don't have enough D3 in your body, you're going to get a headache. Simple as that. Take a 5,000 UI of D3. You know, most people do this when they get older. But if you're like me and you're 37 years old, you're doing this now, you're going to have 10x the results when you're 70. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I agree, man. I, I love what you're saying. And so how long have you now been living this better and healthier lifestyle? How many years? I would say I would say three years. I'm I'm, I'm I've kept the weight off for the past two years, um, but I would say three years. I'm I mean I'm always learning too. You know, I recently discovered apple cider vinegar in the past six months, and I have take two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and a cup of water every single morning to help wake me up and also to help me be able to clean out my liver. You know, there are certain things that you can do that are natural remedies, and you know, doctors typically don't believe in this. But if you ask a doctor if it's preventative, if it actually helps. They will tell you it's preventative. They will tell you that. They will agree with you that if you take a little cayenne pepper and you increase the amount of cap capsium in your body, that the likelihood of you getting infections, the likelihood of you having these bad parasites in your body goes down if you do the right things, if you take probiotics or if you, you, you do the research yourself and then test it out and see how you feel. And if you feel better, and if you feel more energetic, keep doing it. And if you don't feel good, don't do it. Most people are walking around in a dehydrated state. And they're yeah. afraid if they drink more water that they're going to piss in their pants. <laughs> you're not going to piss in your pants. Go to the bathroom every two hours. You'll be fine. But drink a cup of water every hour. Drink two cups of water every hour. But people forget because they don't set the right habits. You know, if you don't drink any water, you're not going to have to go to the bathroom. But you'll also be dehydrated and have no energy. Did you know? that a 5% drop in hydration is a 30% drop in energy because your body has to conserve its hydration so it doesn't give you energy. But if you had tons of hydration, you get a water high, you're all over the place. You, only, you just need water. Not only that, uh, it's been proven that sometimes when people have a problem overeating, they go, well, I feel very hungry now. And if they would just drink more water, they would realize that it's not really hunger, it's the hydration. And if they hydrate properly, sometimes the hunger pangs go away. And that, that's... And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hunger pangs are an addiction. Look, we're addicted to sugar, we're addicted to carbs. If you get off that addiction, you won't have the highs and lows that you have right now. But it's going to take two weeks. 
Well, you have to be off it for two weeks in order for you to really cleanse your system and properly cleanse it for 90 days. You know, if you, your blood changes every 90 days, so if you properly want to get rid of all the carbs, all the crap from your system, be clean for 90 days and then see how you feel. And write dirt journal every day. How do you feel? If you're not journaling it, you're not writing your weight down and you're not writing how you feel down, there's no way that you can go back and check. You know, you eat a pie of pizza and then you wonder why you're lethargic, why you're tired, why you have a headache, why you have mood swings. All the stuff comes from the food that you eat, period. I totally agree, my friend. Now, you used to have a fear, I think even more than a fear, almost a terror of public speaking. How did you overcome that? Google came over to us and they said, Joe, we want you to be a certified Google trainer because we recognize you as the foremost expert in Brooklyn for Google that knows about digital marketing. And I said, of course I can do this. This is easy for me. So they said, okay, come down to our office and we'll train you on how to be a certified Google trainer. So they trained me. And then they, I, I rented out the Jewish Children's Museum in Crown Heights with 70 seats in the auditorium. I think it was 70 or 80 seats, maybe 80 seats. And anyway, it filled, they, filled up, they filled up the tickets. They sold all the tickets. And the day before, I'm practicing in the office and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I'm shivering. And I didn't know I had this fear. So I go to my partner, I was like, we have to cancel it. And he said, why? I said, we have to cancel it because I'm scared. I don't know, I can't do this. I, I, I didn't know that I was scared of public speaking. I, don't, I can't do it, I'm not gonna be able to do it. And he's like, dude, 70 or 80 people paid $80 each, you're doing this. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. And I get up on stage and I just do it. And I'm pacing and I'm saying basically an um and sweating and I'm overweight. And I started doing research after to figure out exactly why I was scared of it and why people are scared of it. And I realized it's just a fear. Fear is false evidence that appears real. And with the right experience, with the right skill set, with the right education that I have, I knew that I was the foremost expert in digital marketing. I was just scared that my message wouldn't be accepted or that I wouldn't be loved or that I would be rejected or whatever it is. And as a result, of me not even looking into this fear, I lived my entire life being afraid of public speaking and not even knowing it. I just said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that's good one-on-one. -on -one. I'm a person that's good at privacy. I'm, I'm a private person. I don't get in front of crowds. But the reality is I do get in front of crowds and I was craving self-expression. I was craving getting out there, getting in front of a crowd and adding value. I was craving to do a rap in front of 300 people, I'm not the average Joe, I'm the SEO pro, the kind of CEO that make the cash just flow. Don't walk through my door unless you're sure you know that you got a business and you're ready to grow. Because I know how to do that. I know how to freestyle. I know how to enjoy life. I know how to be a light, but I was suppressing my light because I had fear. And as a result, I had to learn to get over it by studying public speaking, by listening to seminars, to podcasts, by watching people, by becoming a student of it, and then by practicing my techniques during the seminars. I was doing two or three seminars every single week, and I trained over 10,000 people, and now put me in front of 700 people, and I will blow their socks off. Why? Because I have value to add, because I'm engaging, because I'm authentic, I'm myself, and I have the skills and the experience that I need in order to get in front of people and mesmerize them. I love it, man. I just love it. And, you know, when you talk about you weren't sure what you were afraid of, I mean, it boils down to one word. We're terrified of humiliation. We're afraid that we're going to open our mouths, people are going to laugh at us or discount us, and we will be humiliated. And that is usually what stops people from getting up and 
speaking in front of people. I'm so, it's, it's a great thing that you did. To, now, when you said you began studying, did you formally take any public, uh, not, not public, but personal development courses at all? I didn't take any official personal development courses, but I studied Tony Robbins and I studied, I, I looked at all the books. You know, I, I'm a big fan of reading books. So here's Jeffrey Gittimer's book. I don't know if you ever heard of Jeffrey Gittimer. He's one of our oh, yeah. clients. This yeah. is the best selling sales book of all time. And, you know, learning more about myself, learning more about figuring out, you know, there's a book called Own the Room by David Booth that talks to you about how to own the room. And there are different strategies. There are strategies that you can use and learning those strategies and actually implementing those strategies for me was key. You know, I did go to some workshops. I did watch some seminars. You go on YouTube, there are thousands of, of, of videos that you could watch about how to improve. I listened to podcasts. I went to seminars. I didn't take an official Dale Carnegie course. I did read How to Win Friends and Influence People. I did read his public speaking book. But you know what? It's all about being able to get over your self-limiting belief about that I'm not good enough. It's all it's, you know, like you're going to be ashamed if you make a mistake, like be okay making a mistake, be okay with stuttering, be okay with laughing at yourself in front of everybody. And just, you know, just people are going to love you if you're yourself. People hate you when you're counterfeit. But if no. you're, you're self-confident, instead of being self-counterfeit, you'll be okay. Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, haven't you found that when you allow yourself to make mistakes and not try to hide them, that you actually develop greater rapport because people identify with that. People say, well, that person is human. I make mistakes. He does too. How glad I am that he was able to show it. When I'm perfect, when I do that rap with perfection, that's not what people love. People love when I'm real, not when I do something that's rehearsed. People love when I break out of my script and I just become Joe Applebaum. When I'm the real Joe, like I didn't really prepare for this podcast. I'm giving you the real raw me. I, I, I've done many podcasts in the, the past year, but I'm giving you the real me. We're having a real authentic conversation. And if you're listening to this as a listener and you resonate with this message, it's because it's just me. It's just who I am. I'm not afraid that you're going to judge me. I know you're going to judge me because we're judging ourselves. We're judging everything. We're judging machines. That's <laughs> what we do. We judge things. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this big? Is this small? Is this... Is this hot? Is this cold? We're constantly judging everything. But ultimately, that doesn't make me good or bad. If you're a judging machine and you're judging, I learned to be okay with the judgment because that's what people do. That's just what they do. Just like birds chirp, human beings judge. That's what we do. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to steal that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, your company is called Ajax Union. How did you create Ajax Union and why did you choose that name? The reason I chose that name is because it's a popular name that everybody hears and knows. And you're like, oh, Ajax, it's in everybody's kitchen. It's in every drugstore. It's in every supermarket. Ajax, Ajax, Ajax. It's a popular, it's a popular team that plays soccer somewhere. It's a, it's a hero. It's, it's a technology language. It's a real popular word. And also, A, I like to be on top of the list. And whenever I go to a trade show, Ajax is always number one. I always like being a number one. So if you're choosing a company name, I like a company name with an A, my, my last name, you know, I chose my last name, of course, um, <laughs> Applebaum, it's with an A, you know, I had the option, I could have been anything, I could have been, you know, uh, Klein, I could have been anything, but uh, Applebaum, you know, of course, when I was in the sky as, an, as a soul, I, I had an option to choose, and I picked a name <laughs> with an A, just like I picked Ajax Union, you know, so the bottom line is I wanted a popular name that starts with an A, 
that's a, that has a J in it because my name is J and it has an A in it because my name is Applebaum. I wanted to make sure that it re represents me. I wanted it to have an X in it because I think that X marks the spot. I think that for <laughs> me, it's all about the X and that's our tagline for a long time. It was called all about the X. I want to find a partnership. I want me and you to partner together for us to be able to create a union, a partnership that can create amazing things. How did I start the company? Very simple. I went and I got customers and I added value to their life. That's simple. <laughs> simple as that. People say, oh, I want to create the perfect company. And they sit there and they spend months and months trying to come up with a product. Dude, go get customers. You'll build your product around the customers. And that's what I did. I found five customers. I asked them how I can add value. They all wanted SEO services, search engine optimization. I was the expert in SEO. I created a little program for them. They loved it. They told their friends. I went out. I hired a sales guy. We called 10,000 people together, and we closed 100 deals in the first year. We doubled our business three years in a row. We were number 178 on the Inc. 500. one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. And you know what? All that meant nothing because I wasn't being purpose-driven. And when I got purpose-driven, I started making a difference in my community, in my family, in my life. Now my employees are, my company's smaller. We're servicing 30 accounts versus 1,100 but we're very purpose-driven. Our core focus is B2B marketing. We generate leads and nurture leads, and we do account-based marketing for B2B companies. We sell it. I want to slow you down because uh, you are so on fire that right now you were speaking so fast that people are going to miss that. So go back to what your purpose is. Take a breath, Joe. By the way, you are the rabbinical comic. <laughs> you Thank you very much. You are. Thank you. So go now, slow down and give us again, what is the purpose that you were just describing? It's brilliant. So the, right now, it used to be the purpose was money. It was all about making money. Now it's about finding a better way to help our employees, to help our clients, to help our stakeholders, to be able to add value to every single person we interact with. That's our purpose right now. Our purpose is, our vision is amazing clients, amazing employees to be an amazing company for us to be able to live this purpose we need the right systems and the right processes we need to move at the right pace and we need to find the ideal clients that align with our values we changed our values this year to be amazing communication ownership mentality and versatility and we we developed and discovered and communicated these values because they are where we want to go if we want to create a, a world-class digital marketing agency that supports b2b companies companies that work with other businesses by generating leads for them by nurturing their leads by educating their customers we have to have amazing communication we have to take ownership over our tasks and we have to be able to change like the times are constantly changing online google just issued a new algorithm update which means a lot of websites are not going to be ranking the same way they were ranking before so we need to be on top of this change. We need to be on top of artificial intelligence. We need to be on top of all these new technologies that are coming out. So for me, it's about finding the right people, training them in, developing them, creating awareness, and then connecting them with value-driven clients that are not just about money or not just about moving fast, but taking it slow, enjoying every moment, breathing with intention, and loving life. Wow. That is, and you say it with great passion and purpose. Now, you must be familiar with, I assume, with uh, Peter Diamandis. Uh, yes, I am familiar with Peter Diamandis. I'm not super familiar with him. He's not one, like one of my top 300 people that I follow. But is there something specific? 
Yeah, your his book, Bold, yes. how, to, how to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World, is right up your alley. It's exactly what you're talking about because everything he does in Singularity University is about uh, embracing the, the lightning fast changes that are happening because of the new technology. It's a fascinating book. I think yeah. Bold. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, now, what would be your best tips for someone who wants to brand themselves as an expert? First of all, go to my LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash Joe Applebaum. I wrote a 300 word article two weeks ago about specifically how to brand yourself as an expert. So I definitely recommend you go out and check, check out, um, check that out. Um, what I would say is that you first have to decide what you're an expert in. That's number one. Decide what you are an expert in. Everybody has an expertise, but really figure out your target market, figure out who your audience is, figure out what your promise is, and niche out. And once you niche out and you decide where you are, then figure out what questions people have that you uniquely can answer in your way. What are the top 10 questions that people ask and the way that you answer them? Once you have those things aligned, then you can start branding yourself as an expert. I would say that's the place to start. Figure out what your niche is and figure out what the most important questions are that people ask you and take it from there. So I love that. And now when you say, can you give a concrete example of somebody, what you say, niche out when finding a niche? So let's yeah, say- for example, if, if, you're, if you're in digital marketing, right? Let's say you're in digital marketing, you're a web designer, you can do a lot of things for a lot of people. But if you know how to market lawyers, you're the expert at marketing lawyers, why would you not just focus on becoming a resource for lawyers? You're like, no, because I want every business. You could be everything to everybody, but if you, are, if you were a lawyer yourself in the past and you were very successful and then you started being passionate about digital marketing, you have a story to tell the world. You know how to market lawyers. You know how to be the number one most successful lawyer and now you have a marketing company why not just target lawyers and help lawyers grow? Why are you going to be a marketing person for everybody? Same thing mm -hmm. if you focused on e-commerce in the past and you're this big e-commerce specialist with a degree in e-commerce. Why not become the number one e-commerce marketer? And if, you're, if you love search engines, become the number one e-commerce marketer that focuses on search engines. Or if you love email or if you love community management, you focus on that. The same thing with every business. You want to figure out what you've done, what you're an expert in, what you're passionate about, and really zero in. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think that what will happen when people do that, they'll be surprised. They may begin with a narrow niche, but through referral, their customer base will expand. Definitely. Joe, what are your favorite books? My favorite books are uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Three Laws of Performance, The Miracle Morning, Who, Traction. And there's so many different books that I really, really enjoy reading that I read at least once a year. I'd highly recommend you take a look at some of those. And do you have a favorite quote? My favorite quote is um, a quote that I made up this year. It's, if you can distinguish it, you can extinguish it. Mm. If you can distinguish your fears, you can extinguish your fears. If if you could distinguish your story, you could extinguish your story. So that's my favorite quote right now because I came up with that quote this year and I really enjoy it. I love it too. 
Where do you see yourself in five years, Joe? I see myself as a person that came out with several books that is um, a thought leader adding value to millions of people. My goal is to help a million entrepreneurs reach a million dollars in revenue. So I see myself enjoying my children, enjoying my lifestyle, and adding a tremendous value to entrepreneurs that are looking to grow. Beautiful. How can people contact you? JoeAppfulbaum.com. Sign up to my weekly newsletter. You can look me up on social media, Facebook.com slash JoeAppfulbaum, or you can check out AjaxUnion.com, find out more information about my company. That last one you said very fast. Say that again. Uh, the, last the last one is AjaxUnion.com. Okay, cool. And any final thoughts, my friend? I'm sure they will be funny. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're looking, if, you're, if, you want, if you want something out of life, if you want something amazing out of life, it's super important for you to take a step back and ask yourself, where are you going? Where are you going? Because wherever you're going, that's where you're going to get. And a lot of times people are out there and they're not sure where they're going. They're not sure how they're going to get where they're not even sure they're going. So really sit down, create a goal for yourself, figure out where you want to go, figure out who you want to help, figure out what you're going to be doing. Take the time to strategize, work on your life instead of working in your life. We're so busy in our life. We don't take time out. Go for, I always tell people, go for a two hour walk, Think about what you want to do in this world and do it every single day until you figure it out and then go out and execute. When you walk, that's when you really, your brain really starts working. So get out there, take a walk, find yourself, and then start adding value to other people. And that's how you're going to be able to live the life of your dreams. I love it. Thank you. Listen, would you add to that, not only to ask where you're going, but to ask why you're going? Absolutely. If you know where you're going, it's only if you if you want to have the emotional fuel to get somewhere, you need to know what your purpose is and why you're doing it. First, figure out where you want to go and then figure out why you want to go there. A lot of people say first, figure out why you want to go there and then figure out where I always say first, it's, it's easier to go to what you want to do and then figure out why you want to do it and then execute. I love it. Joe, this has been just wonderful. I would say it's wonderful, maybe too fast. You're the kind of guy I would love to hang out with. I wouldn't give you sugar. Uh, and um, yeah, man, I, you've given a tremendous amount of value to the uh, to what my audience I affectionately call storytellers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. And storytellers, remember, keep telling stories, keep making them real and keep making them meaningful in your life so that you can get your dreams be incredible. Storytellers, thank you once again for tuning in and sharing this time with us. This has been quite an enjoyable ride for me, and I believe it has for you too, despite whatever technical glitches we experienced, because Joe offered such great value with such wonderful wit and humor. Continue, as you already are doing, to pay this show forward. Let people know that they can hear this on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, on the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. And on that website, you can get the free gift that I've created for you, the downloadable ebook. Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Also remember that many of the books you heard about in this show are going to be available on Audible. And Audible, as our host, will allow you to download one of them 
absolutely free. An audiobook that you can enjoy while you're driving, while you're working out, or simply relaxing and allowing new, stimulating thoughts to help you expand and grow. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You'll get the audiobook as well as a one-month free trial of Audible's entire service. During the next week, think about some of the wonderful things that Joe spoke about. Ask yourself the question, what is it that I really want? Where am I really heading? And why do I want to go there? And when you begin to tap into that, really flesh it out by asking, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.